0: You know, the secret place, that's the one place the devil wants to distract you the most from getting to. And if you don't believe me, just look at the world around you. Do you see anything in this world that even advertises spend some time with the Lord in the secret place of your prayer? Have you ever seen any? Do you see anything on TV? Do you hear anything in the radio? It's very rare. To you yummy rice podcast. My name is Shaq. I hope you guys are having a beautiful Wednesday, a beautiful, oh, well, for some of you, it's Wednesday. Uh, I, I forgot what day of the week it was. It's Tuesday, Tuesday evening, Tuesday evening, 9 47 PM, but nonetheless, I hope you guys are having a beautiful, uh, start to the week. I hope you guys started off on the, on the right foot, but I'm going to talk about operating in your anointing and, uh, it's been a while since I've done uh, a teaching on this. Um, it's been a while. I mean, I try to center my podcasts and my lives on, um, on teaching, but uh, it's, it's been a while. But um, I'm committed to helping you guys achieve the next step, the first step, wherever you are in your walk. You know, for some of us, we're just getting started. We just made the life to Christ. You know, for those of you who are from Asbury, In Kentucky and you've experienced revival, I just want to say to you, you know, if this live, if this podcast, if this video makes it across your face, I just want to say congratulations. You know, this is what it's all about. You know, God, you know, what everybody's experiencing in Kentucky, you know, at the Asbury College, God is going to do for the entire nation. Matter of fact, he's going to do for the entire world, amen? But nonetheless, I wanna talk about the first steps after you give your life to Christ, which is operating in your anointing, you know? I'm gonna read from verses Matthew twenty two fourteen 14 and John 4, 24. And for those of you um, who are tuning in on the podcast platform, this will this video will be available on Facebook Live, and I'll try to make it available for YouTube. And for those of you who tune in from Facebook Live, it'll be available on my podcast, and I'll try to make it available on YouTube. You know, it's very difficult managing multiple social media accounts uh, at the same time. But whatever I can do to help everybody cross their river, I will most certainly be committed in doing so. Amen. But here we go. I'm going to read from Matthew 22:14 14 and John 4, 24. But before I begin, I just want to say a quick prayer. Father God, in your mighty and, and holy name, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for sending your son to die on the cross and give us new life. We thank you for sending your son to be the way, to be the truth, and to be the light. We plead the blood of Jesus Over this podcast, we'll plead the blood of Jesus over all those who are within the sound of my voice. May you give me the words I need to speak. May you take complete control over this live, over this episode, Father God. We thank you for all that you've given us today. We thank you for your various lessons of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And we ask that that continues here on to tonight. And in Jesus' name, let your will be done today tomorrow, and all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, so going into it, operating in your anointing. And the question I wanted to ask tonight, for those of you who aren't operating in your anointing, I want to ask you this. Are you chosen? Because that's where it starts. It starts with you feeling different with you realizing that you are different. And if you do realize that something about you is different, if you realize that that you've always marched to the beat of a different drum, you probably are different. Matthew twenty two fourteen 14 says, For many are called, but few are chosen. And when it comes to being chosen, you're going to have... You're always going to hear that small little voice in your head that guides you towards always doing the hard thing, but it guides you gently, it it guides you quietly, and it's a voice that you know for a fact, if, if those of you who felt really isolated from your friends, and some of you know what I'm talking about, it's a voice that... That you feel like your friends, your family, nobody else will understand but you. That's because when it comes to operating in your anointing, it's not unique to the person next to you. It's not unique to your, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your aunts, uncles, cousins, best friends, co-workers. It's not unique to anybody else except you. Only you will understand your anointing. Only you will understand your assignment and only you will understand how to do it. You could be living a life, say for example, you could be in the world, right? You could be living a life of partying. You could be living a life of smoking. You could be living a life of drinking, but the Holy spirit tells you go to Israel. And next thing you know, you're telling your friends, Listen guys, I I, I, I I gotta go to Israel. I can't explain, I know this is random. I know this is kinda out of the blue and I know this is unexpected, but I I, I just feel like this pull to go to Israel. Man, what are you talking about going to Israel for? You, you, you ain't, you, you know you ain't going to know Israel. You, you gonna be here with us for uh, always. Guys, I, don't, I can't explain it. I just, I gotta go to Israel. I got to go to Israel. I feel like something is waiting for me. I feel like there's something I need to do when I go to Israel. I don't know how I'm going to get to Israel. Israel financially isn't even on the table right now, but I got to go to Israel. So the voice is only going to be unique to you. What God tells you is only going to be unique to you. I mean, and a lot of times, those of us who are operating in the anointing, we do kind of fall in that trap of, of expecting everybody else to understand what it is that we're going through, especially if they're Christian, especially if they've been, if they've been walking with the Lord for years, they know what the Spirit feels like, they know what the spirit sounds like. They know how the spirit moves. They've experienced it many a time, but when we had this conversation with them about our assignments, there's there's always a disconnect. There's a bit of a disconnect there and they and we just feel like we can't get on the same page because they don't understand our assignments. And how you can tell you have an assignment is by the very fact of being chosen. Okay. What is the voice of the shepherd telling you, children of yah? And are you properly discerning that it's him? Now, don't not don't, don't forget, just like the Holy Spirit could talk to you, the devil can also talk to you as well. And how do you discern the two? When you're operating in your anointing, children of Yah, you're gonna understand the difference between what the shepherd sounds like and what the serpent sounds like. And it's a very, very clear difference, okay? Whatever the Lord asks you to do, whatever the Spirit asks you to do, it's always going to go against your flesh. That is the biggest clue. So for example, you know, say you're the type of person that likes to stay in. You're the type of person that likes to, to to sleep in. You're introverted. You like to you like to mind your own business. You don't really like to you don't really like to be around people, but the Lord calls you out of nowhere and says, Go to the middle of Times Square, bring a milk crate, and stand on the box and preach. You're gonna be like, What? Go to the middle of New York Times Square, with a bot with a milk crate, stand on top of it, and preach my word. You're gonna think that's crazy if you're an introverted. Your mind just just completely shut down. You're thinking, oh no, no, uh uh, absolutely not, not gonna happen, no way, no how. I'm not doing that. And why do you say that? because it's uncomfortable. And that goes to show you that whatever the Lord asks you to do is always gonna be the most uncomfortable thing you've ever done. It's always gonna challenge you in some way, okay? It's always, gonna, it's always gonna force you to be accountable in an area you have no desire to be accountable in. It's always gonna force you to grow. It's always gonna force you to do the right thing even when you don't feel like doing it. I mean, example, an example for me is when I have my days where I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to converse. I don't want to accept any phone calls, any text messages. I want you to leave me alone. And that, that's how I feel. But typically on those days, everybody out the wazoo wants to talk to me. Hey, how you doing? How's your day? God bless you. And then they always follow it up with open questions. How is your day today? What does the Lord ask you today? It's always the hardest open-ended questions. You can even, I don't know. It's just hard. It's just, it's it's always open-ended. And then there are the days where you do want to talk and you do want to do God's will, but nobody else does. Nobody else wants to talk. Nobody else wants to open up. Nobody else even wants to say hi. In fact, when they walk past you or walk towards you to, in your encounters, wherever it happens to be, you know, they always give you like like, like an ugly voice or something, you know. So it's always going to go against your will. Something fell on the floor. But it's always going to go against your will. But I digress, okay? So the biggest clue Is that whatever voice you hear, children of Yah, that's guiding you, it will always be supported by God's word. John 4 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Moving on, next, how much time, remember, this is operating your anointing. How much time do you spend in God's presence? 2 Corinthians 5 eight says, we are confident, yes, well-pleased to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. What are those moments where you zone out to go into literally your place of prayer, where all you can do is Be in fellowship with the Lord. All you can do is talk to the Lord. You can ask him anything, and he's going to test you. He's going to try you, and even his silence has an answer. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And the coolest thing, children of y'all, about spending time in the presence of the Lord is that the more you do, the more you spend time in his presence, the more you go to that secret place, the less of the other voices you hear. And most of the other voices, I'm just gonna be real, if it's not the Lord, it's the devil. Even if it's yourself, it's still the devil. Because what does Proverbs 3, 5 say? Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then verse six says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Lean not on your own understanding when it comes to operating in your anointing children, yeah. Okay? And if the voice you hear confuses you, if you say, if you're, if you encounter something and you say, God, uh, I, I got this thing in my life and I don't, I don't necessarily know what to do. Like what, like what should I do? What kind of, what kind of path should, should I take? And, and the more you think about it, the more confused you get, it might be demonic. It might be a demonic force that's trying to throw you off course. And children of y'all, I got to tell you something. If you don't hear it, if you don't hear it from God, don't move. That is the best thing you can do. Stay in prayer. Even if you don't get an answer for a long time, do not lose your patience. Do not lose your cool. Do not think that God is ignoring you. Remember, because even in silence, it's an answer. Sometimes the Lord, he tests our discernment to see what we're going to do when the time comes. Are we going to make the right choice? Are we going to exercise one of the fruits of the spirit, which is patience, and we're gonna wait on his answer? Are we gonna literally wait on his answer, or are we gonna follow biblical principles? And I've heard it said, um, if you don't get an answer from the Lord, just follow and keep to the biblical principles. Don't do anything, you meditate, you pray, you live your life as you normally would until you hear otherwise, okay? 1 Corinthians 14:33 says for God is not the author of confusion but of peace. But as in all the churches of the saints. So the Bible tells you right there anything that confuses you is is quite demonic. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no no, for anything other than that is of the wicked one. The book of James says the double-minded man is unstable in all his Ways. So God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If you're led to something that you realize there's an overabundance of peace, you can feel good about the decision that you made to pursue or not pursue whatever is in front of you, and it was the right decision and you feel peace from it, then it was the right decision. It was a spirit led decision, provided the Lord either told you or the Lord either showed you how it was. Okay. If a voice tells you to, uh, to do something that pleases your flesh or satisfies a desire, it may be demonic. Once again, there's a lot of temptation out there. Children of y'all, there's a lot of temptation. Not everybody is who they say they are. Not everything is the good thing that you think it is. And I don't care what it is. If it's something that satisfies you selfishly and takes you away from operating in your anointing, it takes you away from advancing the kingdom of God, it's demonic. And we gotta toss that to the side, children of y'all. Romans 8, verses six to eight. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Moving on to Galatians 5, 16 to 21. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. can't just do what you want if you want to operate in your anointing. Children of but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleann- uncleanness, lewdness, all sexual sins, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. That in the like part refers to the things that are not wine. The Bible refers to it as new wine. So the marijuana, the weed, the pill. The crack, the cocaine, whatever, whatever drug you're into, this is what the and the like refers to. Basically, it means all the above and then some of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Children, this is the main reason why the devil hates us so much, because we have access to something he doesn't, which is the secret place. The Bible says Satan fell out of heaven like lightning. He was struck down. And once Satan fell out of heaven, children of you he lost access to the secret place. Why? Because he desired to be God. He desired to be God. And in his pride, pride became his folly. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, when you enter into the secret place, You won't see or hear any other demonic forces exerting themselves against you, okay? This is how you also know spiritual warfare. This is how you can discern who is light, who is dark. You'll be able to know what the Lord will reveal so much more to you in the secret place, more than more than you had ever, ever, ever even hoped. You know, the secret place, that's the one place the devil wants to distract you the most from getting to. And if you don't believe me, just look at the world around you. Do you see anything in this world that even advertises spend some time with the Lord in the secret place of your prayer? Have you ever seen any, do you see anything on TV? Do you hear anything in the radio? It's very rare. Everything in this world is designed to, like I told a a woman earlier today, everything in this world is designed to distract you in a spirit of idleness, to keep you from performing God's will in your life. Because the devil knows that when you do it, it's game over for him. He loses that much territory, he knew he loses that much foothold, that much ground, his strongholds get weaker and that's it. That's it. And so moving on the more you spend time in the presence of the lord the more he teaches you and reveals something new to you even in silence i mentioned this before children of God. jeremiah 33 says call to me and i will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know i love that verse that means that every time you enter into prayer the lord shows you something new that means that every time you enter into prayer you get more wiser you gain more understanding, you get more stronger in the spirit. A little bit more of your identity is revealed. Pretty much what you didn't know before, you now know the door has been unlocked, your access has been granted because you called to the most high God and He answered. Psalms 32 8 I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, I will guide you with. My eye, children of Yah, this is the Lord's greatest desire. If we give our hearts and our minds and our souls to Him, the best we can hope for is His guidance, which He's very pleased to give us. Because how many of you understand that when the Lord speaks, He speaks in completion? What He tells you to do, where He is, it's already done. It's already done. And so, Victory is an absolute certainty when it comes to following the Lord's guidance and teachings. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. And for those of you who are catching the replay, this episode will be available uh, in the podcast. This episode will be available on the podcast, and it will be available on YouTube as well. Okay, but the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. So. Of Obviously, it would make a lot of sense that if you're looking to operate in your anointing, if you're looking to, to have the fact that you're chosen completely manifest, listening to the Holy Spirit is a prerequisite. It's mandatory. You cannot do anything on your own will. Otherwise, you're operating in the flesh and you're not operating in the spirit. 1 John 2, 26, 27. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him, from God, abides in you. And you do not need anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, it is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Everything the Holy Spirit tells us, children of Yah, is the truth. It's the truth. It might be a hard truth to accept. Sometimes you might be pursuing something who had, you might be pursuing someone who has no romantic interest in you because the Holy spirit revealed something about that person to you. And it might be the most heartbreaking thing you've ever heard. And if you're operating in your emotions and not operating in in the spirit, you might just make the wrong choice and end up paying for it dearly. This is a trap, children of y'all. Remember, whatever the Lord asks us to do, it's always going to go against the flesh. Matter of fact, whatever he tells us is always going to go against the flesh. We have to always submit our flesh to the Most High God. We have to always be in submission. You see, one thing I understood when, I, uh, when it comes to operating in my anointing, and I've heard it said before, but when God checks me, I check in. When God needs to chastise me, when he needs to teach me a lesson, when there's a comeuppance for what I did, if it was sinful, I sit there and I take it. And then I repent. I repent and I say, Father God, please forgive me. Let your will be done within me. I messed up, but if you'll allow your power to continue to flow through me so I can do your will, I will be very grateful. So everything the Holy Spirit tells us is always going to be based in truth. And as you are led, children of God, as you walk in your anointing, this is the cool part. None of this is you, but it's what you carry that allows you to operate in your anointing effectively. As you are led, you'll be able to lead others. As you are led, others will naturally follow Your lead because it's not you leading them, but what you carry that leads others. And the reason being is because they they see that you have something that they don't, whether it's love, whether it's joy, whether it's peace, whether it's power, the bottom line is you have something they don't have and they're drawn to it. And it's not based on how cool you do what you do, but you're blessed based on your faith and you're blessed based on how you love. And this works in all areas of your life, children of y'all. Marriages, work relationships, friendships, health. It works in all areas of life. Because here's the cool thing about operating your anointing. Here's the cool thing about what you're chosen to do. What what you're chosen could, what you're chosen. If you can say, for example, say I'm chosen to be an evangelist. If I do the work of an evangelist in the kingdom, I can do the work of an evangelist everywhere. I can build strong relationships pretty much what an evangelist is expected to do. I can build strong relationships in school, in at work, at the home. I can tell the good news just as effectively no matter what arena i'm in if i'm in sales maybe i'm selling butter but i'm spreading the good news of what is in my heart through my salesmanship through my character through my conduct through my integrity the will of god it follows in all areas of life. That's why I never quite understand when people say, okay, I'm gonna quit my job to do full-time ministry. Why not just bring the mi- see if you can't bring your bring your job to ministry, bring ministry to your job. You know, so, some of you, you work in retail, maybe you're a cashier. Discover what your anointing is and learn what it means, what does that look like in the form of a cashier? Are you kind to everybody? Are you loving to everybody? Do you have an unspoken joy that people can't help but to take notice? And their lives are affected because of it. I have I have a number of stories. See, I used to work at Target for 7 years way back when when I came to Christ a lot of really amazing stuff started happening stuff that i'm just like i would have never i would have never imagined any of this was even was even possible because i mean i mean people were going literally out of their way to call me to give me gifts all because of what i carried inside my heart which was the holy spirit and children of you this is what operating in your anointing can do for you, not necess- it's not necessarily the gift, but you can see people are touched by your choice to be obedient to God. People are touched everywhere. People look for that light. They look for that hope, especially in today's world. Like there's so much going out there. There's so much going on out there. It's, it's, It's it's crazy, It's, it's crazy, you know, people are getting more and more rebellious and this is the thing, this is the thing I can't stand. I'm seeing this in some of the youth. The youth, they emulate the celebrities that they see on TV, YouTube, you know, they just have this personality that, unless you're on my level, we don't need to have a conversation. And I'm just like, my man, nobody knows who you are. I don't know who you are. I don't care. I don't care if you're someone important or not. It's a commonality to say hello. It's a commonality to start a conversation. It's core, conver- it's, it's, it's a core part of life to get to know somebody but that's not what some of these young kids are are interested in. They're interested in the status. They 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 want that title of untouchable so badly, but operating in your anointing, they're going to be pulled to something completely different and this works. I've seen some kids that were attracted to what I carried simply because it was something completely unfamiliar to them some of them rejected it but others they just had an overwhelming curiosity to explore like like what is it with this guy what is it how did how is it that that he can just have like this joy like christmas is gone christmas is over with and his birthday is six months down the road and he's not expecting anything. He's not getting a new car. He's not getting a new house. How does he have so much joy? You know, everything I've tried to do in my life, I don't, e- I don't even have, ha- I didn't even come close to the feeling that he has. And it's not just kids, children of y'all, it's people too. People will wonder about you if you're operating in your spirit, in your anointing, excuse me, effectively. Your atmosphere will shift and the atmosphere of others will shift even more depending on how well you operate in your anointing. Next. I I said this already. How well can you operate in your anointing in your daily life? You know, we encounter people wherever we go. This is why. Leaving your job, especially if it's a sales job, if it's a job you meet, you meet hundreds of people a day. I'ma be honest with you, children. y'all, it's not really ideal. Because when you leave to do full-time ministry, it's a lot harder to get people in the door. I've seen many, I've seen many anointed pastors go through this. They might have two or three people show up for their service, and their service is good. The spirit, you know, their services are always spirit filled. They always preach the truth. But it's very, very difficult getting more people to the door. And so that's why I like the effect. I like the effectiveness of saying, OK, don't bring people into the ministry. Bring the ministry to people. Show them how effective ministry can be in their lives. Show them how affected that who they are and what they've always felt in terms of the things of the Spirit of God was right there all along calling them, reminding them that there's a better life for them. And so we meet people everywhere we go because I always had this thought like, man, I don't really like what I do on a daily basis. You know, I want to quit. I want to do my, I want to, uh, uh, I want to do full-time ministry. All I want to do is make lives all day. I want to counsel people all day. I want to counsel marriages. I want to counsel kids. I want to mentor kids all day. And I can still very much do that, but I can do that in what I do in my, in my daily life anyway. So why not do it? Why not take that opportunity? Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, "Go and therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit." Mark sixteen fifteen, Jesus says, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." And children of Yah, how well you're connected in the Spirit will manifest at every opportunity in your life. This is why. This is why you got to look at when the Bible says we are made in, in, in God's image, we are created in the image and likeness of God. It goes a whole lot deeper. You know, God didn't say, okay, you should have eyes, you should have nose, you should have mouth, arms, legs, heart, and all these body parts. It goes deeper spiritually. It goes significantly deeper spiritually when it says you are made in the image and likeness of God, what the purpose that God made you for specifically, that's going to pop up at every opportunity in your life. For example, if you're called to be a pastor, the opportunity to mentor people is gonna be there. The opportunity to, to protect people is gonna pop up at every corner of your life. The opportunity to guide people is gonna pop up at every corner in your life. The opportunity to wanna to keep people in group settings, doing group activities, that's gonna pop up in your life. If you have the gift of apostleship, the opportunity to want to go into healing is going to pop up at every opportunity in your life. You know, when someone gets hurt, you're the first one there. When someone when someone needs a, a miracle, when they need unexpected hope. You're the first one there sh- shaking the atmosphere and asking God to pour down the miracles in Jesus name. And bam, the miracles are present. If you have the calling to be an evangelist in your life, that's going to manifest in the opportunities where you're called to build significant relationships. You're called to go into sales. You're called to go into consulting, those types of things. And everybody, you're always going to have that pull to you. People are gonna follow you straight to the cross in any area of your life, depending on how well you're connected. And people will see the spirit in you, children of y'all, you know, regardless of what your your, your title is. And if you're unemployed, it doesn't change your assignment. If you're going through a rough patch, your assignment doesn't change, your anointing doesn't change. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. God, what God made in us, he has no desire to take back. He says, no, that is, that is for you. My my iPad fell. That is for you to pull people to my cause. That is for you to pull people in the spirit. That is for you to let everybody know who your God is, whether you serve him or not. The Bible says God will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So whether you're doing something foolish or whether you're doing something wise, it's all going to work out for the will of God. The question is, what choice are you making? And the choice is obviously operating in your anointing. We're all born with different spiritual gifts that we can use to advance the kingdom of God, and at no point, like I said, do we lose any of them. And the more in tune with the spirit you are, the more you will notice this gift at every single corner in your life. You're gonna notice it everywhere. You know, and it's, it's not necessarily contingent on what you do in the natural it's not necessarily contingent on on your job profession, your relationship status, your social status. It's not contingent on any of these things. How well you operate is contingent on your faith. Romans 10:17 says, "So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God." So faith comes by hearing the word of God. The more you get into God's word, and the more you discern it properly through the spirit the more your faith increases and the more your scope your perspective increases Romans 12:3 for i say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So every man is given a measure of faith. It don't matter if you're an atheist. It don't matter. It, it, it don't matter where you're from. It, do, it doesn't matter. Every man is given a measure of faith. Everybody believes in something. But what do you believe in? If you're operating in your anointing, is what you're believing in holy? Or is what you're believing in holy, as in cheese? Is your holiness full of holes or is your holy of clean garments? And the more you can expand your faith, the more obvious it will be to others that someone, something larger than you is leading you. Moving on. Next, and I'm almost done. Operating in your anointing means that it's never really about you. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Children, the whole point of operating in your anointing is so others can find a way out of the darkness. Philippians 2.4 says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So if you have your own interests, it's okay. It's okay if you do. But where are others on your priority list? You know, our lives are meaningless if we only live for ourselves. You know, ever notice when you're all about how you feel, how much you have, how much you accomplished, that it feels extremely empty and voided? You know, if you take the people out of my life, what do I have? If you take God out of my life, what is the point? So it's not always going to be about you all the time. And when it's not about you, it's always about you. What do I mean by that? The more of a difference you make in people's lives by operating in your anointing, The more God is going to take care of you. The more you feed the kingdom, the more the kingdom will feed you. And I'm not talking just finances. I'm not talking just finances. This is life. This is life. You got to dig the well before you're thirsty. Next, if you're going to operate in the anointing, you're going to separate yourself. From the world you used to live and you're going to think for yourself you're basically going to separate yourself from the entire world spiritually romans 12:1 to 2 i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're not supposed to conform to what the world does. If the world follows one particular trend, we have to discern. Our job is not to follow that trend like everybody else is following, but we have to discern what that trend is. What does it mean? through the spirit. In God's eyes, how does he see it? And children of y'all, the pressures and temptations of the world are the largest pressures you will ever experience as a believer. First John 2 15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We are supposed to escape temptation at every corner we get in our lives. This is how we maintain the anointing and we operate strongly in the anointing. Matthew twenty six forty one. watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. You gotta be watchful and you always gotta stay in prayer about everything that's in front of you. First Corinthians, uh, first Timothy six, nine, but those who desire to be rich, talking about the money, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And then the verse after that says the love of money is the root of all evil. First Peter five verses eight to nine, be sober, be vigilant. Watch because your adversary, the devil. Walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. Children, yeah, this is how the devil attacks us. And this is why the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And there's no sense in, attack, in attacking someone who's already spiritually dead. And one thing you're gonna realize very, very quickly is that your thought process will be subjected to the persecution by others. And some of them, the people who are gonna persecute you, children of y'all, they're gonna be some of the closest people to you. The real reason why, why that is, it's like, well, if I'm spreading love, why am I getting so much hate? And I'ma tell you why. The real reason is because most people know that the gospel of Christ exposes the ugly nature in man and forces him to examine himself into a light of accountability. And this is why, children of Yah, most unbelievers and religious people hate the gospel, the true gospel, and all who preach it. Why? Because it's a way for them to escape being held accountable for the things that go against God. You know, they'll tell you, oh, or they'll tell themselves more than you. Oh, it's a fairy tale book written by crazy old fools. You know, it's outdated. It's not useful. It's a new age and God doesn't exist anyway. And then they'll go into the name calling. They'll call you an idiot. They'll call you a nimwit. They'll call you a moron. I've had people call me some of the crazy, some crazy stuff. But if you're going to operate in your anointing, children of y'all, you and accountability are going to be best friends. You're going to be chums from different mums. Everywhere you go, accountability is going to be there. And like I told you earlier, children of y'all, when God checks me, I check in. I do not fear accountability because my goal is the crown of life. My goal is well done my good and faithful servant. My goal is you getting the crown of life. My goal is you getting that well done my good and faithful servant. And if I'm not accountable, I'm leading you in a spirit of death and that that makes me pretty upset. I'm not trying to lead nobody in a spirit of death. I want everybody to have the best information. I want everybody to be able to kill whatever it is that they struggled with for so many years at the cross and I want everybody to be free and performing various miracles and wonders in the kingdom but you realize is that um the thing that you realize is that you want to have complete access to the blessings that God has for you and you want the same for others. And being accountable means, you know, making sure that everything in you is in alignment with God's will and it's in alignment with God's word. But we remind ourselves, you know, that we don't operate in our anointing. This is very important. We can't operate in our anointing for popularity, okay? We operate in our anointing for the promise of eternal life. So the ultimate question is, because I know some of you are thinking it, the ultimate question is, how much is there in this world that you love more than you love the promises of God? Some of us, we say we want the crown of life, but we only want the crown of life until we got to give up our lusts, we want the crown of life until it costs us something. Remember, I read in Romans 12, one, present yourself a living sacrifice. What are you sacrificing to the Lord? Lord, I gave, I give up this because I wanna pursue you. I want that crown of life. I want it so bad and that's just me. I want it so badly for you guys. I want it so badly for you. Moving on. Next, you're going to realize that the persecution is going to come at you from all angles. This is my last point. The persecution is going to come at you from all angles, children of y'all. That's just the way it is. Because as you live holy, you will force others to question themselves. Matthew 5.14 says, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill Cannot be hidden. John 15, 18, 19 says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world will love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The fact that you are persecuted, children of God, is a very good sign because it shows who you belong to. And let me tell you something people will do things to you. Even the closest people, they'll do things to you that won't even make sense just to try and embarrass you. Some of them will even risk their character just to try and expose you. Matthew 5.10 says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if you're receiving uh, persecution, that's the point. And receiving persecution, children of y'all, is not a sign for you to stop. It's very important because some of these people, they're very, very good at getting you to second guess yourself. Maybe I am being a little too harsh. Maybe I am being a little unfair. Maybe all I'm doing is annoying people. Maybe I should throttle it down a little bit. Maybe I should stop. No, 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 no. You are irritating a demonic affliction that is in them. And that has been in them for an extremely long time. It's been in them so long that they like to make friends. They made friends with the demonic affliction. They sleep with the demonic affliction. They, they, when they talk to themselves, they talk to the demonic affliction. Oh, let's go, let's go fornicate. Oh, let's go drink. Let's go party. Let's go smoke. Let's go be selfish. Let's go commit vile acts. You know, let's live a life of complete darkness where nobody ever has to know what's, go- what's really going on. And these people, they will, you know, they will try to stop you from calling their iniquity out. See, it's all good. It's all good for you to live that quiet life until the one who operates in your anointing calls you out and says, Some of y'all are slaves to the alcohol, and then it makes you feel some type of way, and then you get offended, and then next thing you know, you're calling them out, not even second-guessing yourself, saying, maybe this person's right. Maybe this person's right. Maybe I need to stop. But nonetheless, receiving persecution is not a sign for you to stop, but it is a sign for you to push forward. It's a sign for you to push forward with the preaching because the whole point, like it says in Ephesians 5:11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We are called to expose darkness. I say this all the time: we do not wage war against the flesh, but we wage war against the darkness, against the powers against principalities, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritually wicked hosts in heavenly places. These demons have access to places they have no business having access to. And it is our job to be safeguards for what happens here on earth. It is our job to be safeguards so that people can be free. Spirit of lust, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to have no kind of authority here. You're not supposed to have no authority here. I cast you out in Jesus name. I bind you in Jesus name. I destroy you in Jesus name. And so that person is free and they never have to bother it ever again. And they're free to pursue a life of Christ without bondage. But only to Christ. Okay, I'm done. So final thoughts. You know, for those of you who made it this far, I thank you. You know, for some, you know, the whole process of operating in your anointing, you know, it happens overnight, but for others, you know, it takes years, you know, it took me eight years to get to this point, but I'll, if I can help you get there faster, I I would, you know, some, for some people, it takes years to, to condition and, and to refine and fine tune. And it's all a heart thing. It's never it's never, I got to cross off the checklist. I got to, I got to read my Bible. I got to study the word. I got to, I got to do what I do. It's never really about that, but it's, it's always about how open you are. I tell people, you know, don't allow yourselves to be deceived by people who have all the head knowledge in the world. Remember, it's not about how much, you know, it's about how open you are. This has worked for me. I learned this in year number Nine of my walk, and this very principle has literally changed my life almost overnight. And the anointing, children of yah, is the greatest thing that you can carry. It's the greatest thing you could carry as a man or a woman. And if you believe the spirit has free reign to move as he's, he's fit, and everyone will know. Everyone will know. The God that you serve is a powerful God, a graceful God, and a loyal God. And only by his spirit can you move the way he allows you to move. And only by his spirit can the next person receive what you carry. All because you made the choice and you said, I'm going to operate in my anointing. I'm going to kill all of my secret desires and I'm going to give my life completely to the Lord. I might, have no, I might not have known what, what, what's going to happen, but I want to see what happens. And for me, you know, I have that mindset every day. Of course, I don't live in a spirit of doubt, but I have the mindset of, I can't wait to see what happens. Because literally every day something new happens. Literally every day someone is getting blessed because I made the decision to kill what I didn't want to kill in my flesh. And that's the greatest thing you could give, children of you The greatest thing you can do when you operate in your anointing is you operate in that anointing. And by what you carry, you give to another person. That is the greatest thing you can do. But guys, I'm done. I thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said, this, this episode will be available on Facebook Live. For those of you Facebook warriors, it'll be available on, on the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Google, Amazon Music. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go so in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Have a good night. Catch you guys next time. Thank you.